Welcome to this week's edition of From the Skybox, the sports guy's take on Challenger football. I'm Jim McCoy, the play-by-play announcer for Challenger Sports. You hear me weekly as we present Cascade Christian Sports on the Table Rock Sports Network. Today, my guest is Challenger's defensive coordinator, Mike Sean. There's a new wrinkle in your coaching staff, in your coaching career, in that now you have one of your sons as part of the staff. Yes, we do. What's that experience like? I, I mean, obviously, you've had the experience of coaching your kids, and now you've got one of them kind of working as one of your peers. Yeah, uh, Hayden's working on the offensive side of the ball, and he brings that fresh out of college uh, football experience, and it's been good. That's cool. Well, of course, before going on to have a fine career at George Fox, Hayden was a quarterback here at Cascade Christian, and he was a part of that 2017 state championship team. To be on the coaching staff of a champion is something special. I would have to imagine being a coach and a father to not one, but two players who are part of that team with Hayden and your younger son, Keegan, must have been something pretty special. Yeah, um, you know, it's always good when your kids get to be a part of what you choose to do for life. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really enjoyable being able to coach them and be a part of their their student-athlete experience here at Cascade Christian. Well, now, speaking of championships, the program is coming off a dominant run and a title in 2022. No doubt a key, perhaps the key to winning in such commanding fashion, was the defense. And that's the area of the a whole uh, game plan that uh, you oversee. What was it that made last year's defense so special? It seemed like that from the line to the linebackers to your backs, your unit was complete. Yeah, and it really boiled down to experience. Uh, A lot of those kids had, you know, one to two years of varsity defensive experience. And just understanding how our defense operates, the philosophy of our defense, and, and knowing the play calls and knowing where to be during those play calls was was really uh, a huge part of the success of the defense and and it helps to have kids that are that are big strong and fast and that's what we had a combination of last year oh that's the whole thing you had a really complete mix and then uh even seemed like even with the injuries and you dealt with a little bit of that last year that even the next guy up seemed to be able to jump right in and make a contribution. I even think Drew Hall coming on in the middle of the year and then uh, making all the noise that he did and no doubt had to be a help that experience and a little bit of depth is always helpful. Yeah, the, the depth builds itself. The program really develops itself. You know, we, we run a system uh, and we – we input athletes into the system, and through the years here with Coach Getman and myself, we've been able to uh, provide a, a framework for mm-hmm. offense and defense and try to fit our kids the best way we can into that framework, Where which kid is going to be most successful at which position. Uh, so there's some movement early in the season, and then about mid you know, about the third of the way through the season to mid-season, we've kind of settled in on where we think our our kids are going to be the most successful within the scope of 
of the offense and the defense. Well, this year the faces have changed. Uh, several graduated, and many of them are reunited with Keegan at George Fox, and then others have moved, and then we've had kids who have either moved away or are transferred. By the same token, you've got guys like Ashton Moody, Brandon Van Wart, Peyton Maurer, Luke Wilson, just to name a few who uh, provide some of that valuable experience, I would imagine, that you would talk about. What's that process like of trying to blend the the uh, old and the new, so to speak? Well, again, it, it comes back to that idea. Okay, what's uh, what's the philosophy of our defense? What are what are we trying to accomplish? And and which athlete fits best at the eleven different positions that we have on that field? And that's really the trick is to figure out. You know, is is uh, Brendan Van Wart best at the strong side backer or the weak side backer? Is Ashton Moody best as an outside linebacker? Uh, you know, we've got Derek out there as well. Uh, you know, our strong safety is responsible for a lot of run support. Our free safety is our over-the-top guy most of the time. And just really trying to figure out the personality of the kids and and where they fit best within that defensive scheme. Well, you mentioned something interesting about personality. I remember back in the day, Coach Andy Maurer talked about different personnel groups and how certain players at certain positions maybe fell into certain personality types. I mean, generally speaking, and of course, again, we're stereotyping, being general here. It seemed like, you know, with the big guys up front, you might have that gentle giant. Do you generally find that to be true? Or if so, then how challenging is it to get a kid... I'll take a guy that graduated last year, Matt Moses. He was 250 as a freshman, about 300, 320 by the time that that he graduated. And off the field, kind of a, you know, easygoing, quiet kid. And it seems like I've seen a lot of guys over the years that kind of fell in that category of his height and size. Uh, How big a challenge is it is to kind of get them to flip the switch a little bit when it comes to game time to put that size to work and to know it's okay to be aggressive? Yeah, that's always a challenge because those kids generally, if they're that big in high school, they've been big all through elementary and middle school, and they've been told their whole lives, be careful, be careful, be careful. Um, So they really come to the the gridiron with this mentality of, I need to be careful, and it's it's really trying to draw out that intensity and that uh, mindset of, you know, within the scope and the rules of, of the football field, it's okay to be aggressive mm-hmm. and learn to get after it. And that, you know, it takes some coaxing for some of those kids. I've had probably a handful of kids over the years that that's been an issue. And and Matt really wasn't too much that way. I I just think he just had a style about him that uh, you know he he would he would go hard. He'd work hard. And he was just kind of kind of a constant force in there. Well, and then speaking of linemen, I know you spent a number of years working with our linemen. In the last few years, it seems like has been almost a cascade Christian anomaly with some really big dudes up front. We're talking about Matt and then Danny Nearing, Liam Bonatti, Jackson Terry Terry. This season, it seems like we're kind of marking return to a smaller group physically. I looked at, I think, at the roster, I counted two, four guys over 200 pounds, and most of them don't clear it by that much yet uh, we've seen smaller players succeed in the role I I think of guys uh, I had Ryan Sample
example in here. He reminded me of Josiah Sills. Mm -hmm. Or I can remember uh, Noah Stanfield playing D-End. Then uh, Cole Ferguson. I remember when Cole was a freshman. He's 155, and you guys had him projected as a lineman. I'm going, how's that going to work? You know? But somehow it always manages to happen. And once again, I'm trying to sit here thinking of how many times that maybe – uh, at least on the offensive side, how many times Ashton has had to really run around back there, and he hasn't. It seemed, but then again, I know probably to a certain extent you're adjusting, and and he's getting the ball out quicker, and and you know you kind of make those judgments. But but in terms of getting a smaller player, that you say, okay, this is going to be one of our guys up front. How do you work with him so he succeeds and doesn't get smashed? There's, there's a couple of facets involved in there. One is you have to be uh, intelligent as coaches enough to say, you know, this line is going to be a work in progress. So when you're undersized a little bit, maybe maybe it's the method of, of hitting your perimeter game a little more. Um, uh, smaller undersized linemen, generally it comes down to, to more technique, more fundamentals, utilizing their quickness because generally the smaller kids are are a little bit quicker Mm -hmm. and so that can be an advantage within itself you just don't have that raw power like you do with the bigger guys but it's definitely a a combination of coaching staff and players working together to to utilize what fits best early in the season then progress some of those other aspects of line play as we go along then uh, talk about how that might work a little bit on the defensive side because I know obviously on the offensive it's about clearing holes it's about protection and then I on the other hand I would say it seems like uh, based on really what's more of a fan's point of view than anything else but watching this first couple of games it looked like of course you got a outstanding linebacking core uh you know you've got some high points in that secondary especially with the likes of 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 Peyton Maurer but up front again it's it's a younger somewhat smaller group with uh uh thinking like Zach Cook at the at the nose and some of the other guys Sice and some of the other guys that are that are playing with them you talk about progress, and obviously they'll be better down the road than they than they are now. But uh, uh, talk about maybe some of the things you're working with on those guys to help make an impact. And again, the defense has only allowed six points in two games. What is it? Six points? Twelve. Twelve, 12 in two yeah. games. Like, well, that's that's a pretty good body of work so far. Yeah, and and. You know, it's finding out what we're capable of doing. Um, you know, last year I could take those those big guys and I say, we want to bull rush a little bit, meaning we want to go toe-to-toe and we want to try to manhandle you at that point of attack. Uh, I've tried that a couple times this year, and myself and Coach Seeley, we've, we've talked about it and said, okay, what – what is the makeup of this D-line? Well, they're, they're smaller, they're faster, they're quicker. So mm-hmm. it's more about movement and trying to create mismatches through movement instead of standing toe-to-toe with an offensive line. So we're really progressing to that where, where we utilize the undersize that we have but utilize the quickness that they have through alignments and fronts and, and stunts that we do within the scope of our defense. Here's something I want you to tell me about. You know, it's interesting. It's a smaller group of guys, but I know you've got some, some of your, your linemen look like they've undergone quite a transformation 
in terms of making that transition. Maybe they've lost some pounds, but they've gained some strength. To me, uh, a guy, Zach Cook, is an excellent example of a transformation. Yeah. I think uh, Evan Stonehill, who is probably seeing more in the way of snaps at the JV level as more of a newcomer that uh, that it looks like he's getting more solid and everything. And I guess that's it. You know, thinking about your guys with the early bird weights program and things like that, that, uh, you know, you're working with, with changing bodies and getting them fit for football yeah and it's been you know the kids commit to a year-round weight room uh, program and that really makes a difference that combined with just the natural uh, growth of individuals when they reach adolescence and you know the body changes that they go through and for some of those kids like Zach it was a conscious decision to lean himself out and it was a positive decision and I think it's been helpful for him and we've had kids do that throughout the years you know we we provide the weight room but they provide really the the decision making when it comes to nutrition and what they're putting in their diet well I imagine that has to be helpful that you're also a health teacher here at Cascades so this has been something that not only you've been teaching you've been you know kind of learning yourself along the way over the course of all these years yeah, you know, the science of nutrition and athletics has changed so much in the last 20 years. So it's a constant um, education as I look through to see what what's being done at the at the major college levels and that as, as they deal with nutrition and along with the weight room. It's really a, a complete package. It's not just weight room. It's not just nutrition. You know, everything works together. Right. Are there players who stand out in your memory as either being raw or maybe somebody who, when you started out with, maybe it didn't look like his ceiling was all that high, but as the uh, as the years went by during his time here uh, with the program, that uh, by the time he was a senior, it's like, wow, this this kid has made, made a uh, tremendous jump in his progress from where he started to where he ended up. Is there any guy, because it seems like I, I can remember guys, uh, I, thinking of gentle giants, I think of maybe a guy like Mason Bailey. You know, he came into high school a big kid, but again, probably a little bit more reserved and probably one of those guys that he was told by his mom to be careful. I can pick on his mom because yeah. I know Sarah pretty well. But, that you know, be careful and everything else. And then by the time he got to his senior year, he was doing pretty good. Any, who stands out in your mind, in your memory, as you think back over your career? You know, it's guys like Mason Bailey, and, and Coach Gatman and I talk about this. It's really a, um, a philosophy of our program. We're a small school, and we don't get three or four deep in positions, so we don't have the luxury of, of not developing kids. And so one of the earmarks of our program through the years has been the excitement as coaches to watch kids come in as freshmen where a lot of people count them out and we just say someday that kid's going to help us and Mason Bailey you brought his name up he was a he's one of the biggest ones that I remember he was a prime example of that that kid that as a freshman he just thought I don't know what he's going to be able to do for us and then by the time he was a senior he was a full-time starter and you know there's just a lot of kids like that within our program that if they commit to the program and they they stay patient and they stay committed and they continue to work hard that um, you know coach Gatman and I were talking about it just a couple weeks back about the fact that uh, 
when you look back at seniors who play in our program, came in as freshmen, mm-hmm. um, almost every senior, I'd say a, a, a majority, 99% of the seniors end up contributing in a positive way to our varsity program, whether right. it's starters or all league kids or even all state kids. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a fun part to watch those kids, to not give up on them and to watch them develop into their senior year. You know, another guy that comes to my mind was part of last year's team, and I know injuries kind of hampered him a little bit along the way and probably, you know, robbed him of some time to be able to get out there and practice and do things, but he ended up with some of the injuries that hit. I was thinking of Bryson Jackson. And again, Bryson being one of those guys, what, he's probably – Maybe with some bricks in his pocket, he weighs about he weighed about 170, 175 yeah. by his senior year. But he was able to be a valuable part of the team, even though maybe you know, at the beginning of the year, it's like, well, he'll probably get some snaps here and there off the bench. But who knows? And he got a chance to be a part. You know, and what Bryson did is he never gave up. He continued to work hard. Uh, he worked hard on the scout team, and and he really put him in himself himself in a position to become noticed by the coaches to the point where we just said, we got to get him on the field. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what happened. He he didn't quit. He didn't uh, back off. He just continued to work hard. Selfless mm-hmm. really is what it was. And by being selfless, trying to help the rest of the team, he actually ended up being, uh, promoting himself on the field. Yeah, yeah, pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. What I also think is cool, you know, we're talking about how Hayden's come back to to coach with the team, and and we've had Logan Flanner out there, we've had Chase Wager. I know some guys they'll leave a program and they never look back. Yeah. You know, you never you never see him again. But I think what is always cool, whether it has been Brian Morrison, his basketball program, or whether it's been with your guys' coaching staff, you got guys who come back. They've lived the journey, you know. And because of the continuity, uh, I mean, a lot of you coaches that they're working alongside now, they were players underneath. To be able to have that testimony of saying, hey, they did this, it worked for me, and it can work for you. Yeah, and it's it's fun to see that the kids come back. Uh, you know, Coach Getman does a great job of uh, developing the student athlete for life. It's not just about football, mm-hmm. and and so I think the kids they respect that and they want to be a part of that when they come back. Well, on a personal level, it's been a busy busy year for you, and let me a chance to let you be a proud papa for a moment. I oh. see that your son Keegan, who's been a stalwart at uh, George Fox, and of course I remember interviewing in high school. It was pretty much if they want to put me an offensive job and offensive role in college, I don't want to play there. I'm gonna, he he's that guy who wanted to go to go play defense, and he's had uh, quite a career in. It got him on the looks like a front page of a magazine. Talk a little bit about that. Well, he's just you know Keegan is Keegan, and he's he has worked hard since he's gotten to George Fox, and he's put himself in a position to be successful. And he loves playing the game. He loves playing defense, and he's just having a fun year. And it's fun to see that his hard work is being rewarded. Well, it's uh, amazing. Uh, now, he's a married man now, correct? He is. Yes, sir. So, uh, but then, and a uh, young lady that uh, he met here at Cascade. His high school sweetheart, yeah. Yeah, you love all of that. Well, we're just about, you know, here we are right at the front end of, of, the, of the season. You're talking about that progression. We got game th- number three coming right up and everything else. I know you're really busy to that end. A lot of people may, don't know that... 
Uh, one of the things I can tell you is, uh, in terms of our fall sports, judging from the looks of uh, the way the cross-country program is going, it looks like you're going to have a pretty well-stocked uh, long-distance program that you coach track in the spring. Yeah. Uh, coach, coach Cummings is doing a good job with the cross-country program. Of course, we always hope that those same kids that are that are running in the uh, – out in the woods and on the trails that they can handle coming in and running around the track for yeah. multiple laps and so yeah it's it's encouraging to see that well one last thing before i go because yeah you're the head coach for 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 the track program here and the girls especially had a lot of great success last year but we had a number of guys that that did well too uh where does that gear switch of course obviously you're you know immersed in football right now is there a point or of course i imagine probably in the back of your mind you you know you kind of got your eyes and ears open on things but uh but i would imagine that transition from football to track gets kind of interesting at least you have the winter time in between to kind of maybe i guess maybe catch your breath for a little bit it's a rejuvenation time football is a, a long intense season uh track is much more relaxed uh you know in the off season it's about finding out how many kids and you know talking to kids and encouraging them to come out and give it a try and mm-hmm. obviously try to always talk our football players, especially our skill guys, into coming out and mm-hmm. working on their speed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a it's a much more relaxing environment. Well, again, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us, ladies and gentlemen. That's Challenger defensive coordinator Mike Sean. Keep your eyes and ears open for another episode of From the Skybox next week. I'm Jim McCoy. Thanks for listening.